What's up, Doc? Eric Bowser here, the voice behind some of your favorite classic cartoon characters. And if you're going to geek out... Geek hard. That's all, folks. Welcome to Geek Hard, right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to Geek Hard, where 14 years can give you such a crick in the neck. I'm your host, Andrew Young. I'm with me. For now, 14 years, 14 long, long years, Mr. Green. Yeah, 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 it's, that's true. It's a very long time. It's a very long time. This is our 14th anniversary. Our first uh, episode ever was on February 5th, 2010. And uh, yeah, it's now, it's all come back around again. 14 years and you guys are still listening and we appreciate each and every one of you out there. If you want to send an email tonight and talk with us, you can email us at geekhardshow at gmail.com. And we got a big show for you tonight. First of all, it's a super size show. This show will be going 75 minutes, folks, 75 minutes of action. And we're going to be doing what we always do for our anniversary episodes and that is we are going to be celebrating the interviews and guests of the past year with the froggy awards we'll be giving out our awards for guest of the year the golden grant award for best comic creator guest of the year and the best video interview of the year those awards are going to be coming out later and we're going to be having the winners some of the winners on to accept those awards it's going to be a great night We've also got a review coming your way of the new Matthew Vaughn film, Argyle, which hit theaters this week. And it would not be a anniversary if we didn't have one special person with us. He's only missed a few of our anniversaries. Most of the time he is here with us. And uh, for some reason we keep having him back. For some reason he keeps saying yes. Welcome back to the program, comic creator Jay Torres. Who canceled? Nobody. nobody Everyone. Canceled. Everyone canceled. Who canceled? I'm going to tell you guys. I'm feeling under the weather, but I am here like a trooper. And I'm drowsy and feverish. But I'm That's impressive. The only yeah. thing that has ever stopped you from coming on the show is being stuck on a cruise. It's happened to you twice. No, there's also been a... Uh, Free Chinese buffet. It has kept me from coming to the show. And this is why you are always, always our 105th option. Yeah. Yes. I'm surprised it's even, I'm even that high on the list. Well, no, he actually is reading it backwards. You're the 501st. Oh, I see. Well, that makes me a stormtrooper, doesn't it? Yeah, yes. you're part of Vader's Fist. That's true. Yeah, that's it. I am a trooper today because 
here I am, sick as a dog. Okay, I'm not that sick. Whatever. Better question is when you when are you not sick? Every time I talk to you, Jay, sick you, I'm sick of you all the time. No, oh, okay. No, but it's true. You have a history of being sick, especially on this show. <laughs> it's just an excuse. I'm never really sick. I'm just like, oh, guys. Oh, I see. So that's 14 years in. The truth starts to finally reveal itself. Go. That's that's what it is. We got an email in from Steve L. Who says, hey, happy anniversary, geeks. That is an amazing timeline. Most shows and podcasts don't last that long. You guys rock. Well, thank you very much, Steve. We're just gluttons for punishment. I think what's really keeps us coming back is you great listeners writing in. For years, we didn't have the emails. We just had like a hope and a prayer that people were listening. <laughs> and then we've had the emails for the past little while. And uh, I got to say for the past seven years or so, people were emailing in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the uh, the response is what keeps us going. You guys, you guys are our fuel. The show's been around so long that people used to fax you guys, didn't they? <laughs> no, no. Which is which is why we didn't get them because we didn't yeah. have a fax machine. Yeah, we didn't have a fax machine. Oh man, but yeah, no. So uh, it's you guys out there. We do the show for you, and we're going to be doing a big show tonight. Jay. Are you excited to once again be the sole presenter at the Froggy Awards? Oh, yeah. I've got the sequin dress already and uh, the high heels. See, back in the day, you used to wear it for the whole show. Now it's just for the segment. I, to be honest, I've gained a bit of weight. The dress doesn't fit anymore. Oh, I see. Now that makes sense. And, and green, uh, are you ready for to celebrate 14 years, 14 long years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it be known. Let the record show. The man who says he's always excited sounds so not excited or enthusiastic <laughs> right now. I have yet another exhibit. No, nope. Mr. Green being a liar. No, this is not. That is not true at all. That is not true at all. How how is how is that? So you come from the Donald Trump school of law, where it's like just saying, "Oh, that's not true. That's not true." I don't have to prove it. It's just not true. Screw the evidence. The, my truth is truth. God, you really have gone to the Donald Trump School of Law. I think you and I are going to have to have some words after this show. <laughs> my oh, little tiny really? hands are going to have to slap you up across the face. Well, before we do that, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be starting off the show with our movie review of Argyle. It's happening right here on Geek Card on Reality Radio 101. Hey, everybody. Jimmy the Short Order Cook here, asking you, what's better than listening to Geek Hard? Answer, listen to Geek Hard while wearing a Geek Hard t-shirt. And there's a place you can get them, at tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Hard. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got Geek Hard shirts, we got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt, and we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs, with your geek merch... You want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geek card. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. 
Welcome back to Geek Hard right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on our 14th anniversary, 14 years of Geek Card on Reality Radio 101. And with us is our longtime friend of the show or acquaintance or just some guy we know, comic creator Jay Torres. I'm a, a friend of me. A frenemy, okay. Yeah. Frenemy of the show. Yeah. Frenemy the fi- of the show. The five hundred and first frenemy of the show. Yeah, that is correct. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Oh my god. Um, so yeah. So before we get into our review of Argyle, I uh, just want to state a few things. You people who are sitting at home going, "Wow, I had no idea they were on for fourteen years." Is there something I could do? Something I could do to commemorate this for myself? There is. You can go get yourself a Geek Card t-shirt at tpublic slash user slash Geek Card. We have a fine selection of shirts, not just of Geek Card, our sister programs, Back Issue Bloodbath and Extra Hard, but also for the old man, for Mr. Green's Tasty Meats and more. You want to you wanna wrap yourself in Geek Card. Wear the true colors of Geek Card. And you can do that tpublic.com slash user slash geek card or you can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash geek card you get a bunch of cool things there we have a, a plethora of old episodes our archives are there if you're like man i really want to listen to an episode from 2016 you can go there to the patreon and you can take a listen there we also have some yep. cool extras like the uh the pilot for the January Men podcast, which we missed our window to do an episode two. The January's pilot. gone. The pilot, okay. Yes. And uh, tons of extras and more. Uh, find it at patreon.com slash geek art. So you know what you're gonna... find there or on your T Public site? What? A frenemy of geek art t shirt with my face on it. Maybe I really I don't know if anybody would want to buy that, Jay. I'm yes, sorry. You didn't find it there. No, because yeah, we want to have shirts that'll sell. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I would buy at least twelve of them. Okay, well, so you want to make money off Jay? Now. We know what to do. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Oh my that's god, that's more than uh, tasty meats, please. <laughs> Such an angry little man. Bro, prove Jay wrong. Go order your Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt tonight at tpublic.com slash user slash geek card. Uh, this of course, is called reverse psychology marketing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> of course, if you want to email us, it's geekcardshow at gmail.com. Let's get into the review of Argyle, directed by Matthew Vaughn, written by Jason Fuchs, inspired by the new novel Argyle, a novel by Ellie Conway. Produced by uh, Marv Films, Cloudy Productions, and Apple Studios, and distributed by Universal Pictures. Here to read the synopsis is uh, a man who hasn't been with us for 14 years, but has been on this planet for a very long time and will probably outlive us all, the old man. 
Hey, how's it going? Good, bud. You? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. So 14 years, hey? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's like a blink of the eye. Yeah, for you're you. just a baby. My God, you know, it's like you just wait, just wait. Once you get past like 35 years, you'll find the show is slowing down and it'll be harder to get up at night. And then when you get up to like 50 years, well, uh, I don't know. You might have to pack it in. I know a lot of guys who did have to pack it in after that, but not me, though. I don't pack it in. You know why? It's because you're forever. Because I'm a dancer. Well, you're that, too. But you're also forever dancing. That's, I, I am forever. I'm dancing right now. I'm dancing. I know right you now. are. I'm dancing for my supper, and so I guess I might as well sing for it as well. Ellie Conway, an introverted spy novelist who seldom leaves her home, is drawn into the real world of espionage when the plot, when the plots of her books get a little too close to the activities of a sinister underground syndicate. When Aiden, a spy, shows up to save her, he says from being kidnapped or killed or both, Ellie and her beloved cat Elfie are plunged into a covert world where nothing and no one is what it seems. Oh, this is weird. This is nothing like the book. No. No, the book is just about a spy. Yeah. This is very meta. Yeah. Didn't the book just get released in January? It did. This, what's going on? I've heard stuff that like Taylor Swift is actually the novelist. I don't know. I personally think it might be Matthew Vaughn in a pen name. It, very much possible. Although I would have to say that I'm more leaning towards your Taylor Swift theory because she, because she, she is a behind cat in a backpack. Yeah, because she's behind everything. Oh, there you go, there you go. Well, anyways, if we ever find out who Ellie Conway is, maybe, maybe she can tell us what she thinks of the performance of Ellie Conway in this movie. Yeah. 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 That's right. All right, I'll see you guys later. There he goes. See you, man. But yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, Argyle, it's just a regular novel, but this film is like uh, the life of the novelist. Crazy. Yeah, why not? So, Jay, you got to see this film today, as you said, while you were very sick, and so you really had to put yourself through it to go see this film. I wasn't that sick. I had Going through that harrowing traveling to the cinema sitting down watching the movie all while near death did you what did you think of the film it is the worst film i've seen all year all year. that's why we bring him here folks that's what he we're five weeks into the year film i've seen all year so technically it's technically the best as well but truth be told i did not enjoy this movie as much as i wanted to Okay, you want to give more elaboration? It's called a review, son. Well, okay, let me let me start with a couple of positives. Some really cool action. There's a sequence on a train which was really well done. Um, you know, props to the stunt guys and the choreography, fight choreography people, and the editing team. Uh, I was actually thinking at that point I liked the movie still. <laughs> I was still into it at that point, and I was thinking, yeah, maybe these people deserve some kind of. Uh, editing nomination somewhere but ultimately it was a action comedy that didn't have enough action for me and definitely no comedy because a lot of the jokes just did not land uh 
I was expecting something with the cat too. Cats all over the ads and stuff, but what the that fucking cat did nothing. Oh no, they used the cat a couple of times. Yeah. There was some it wasn't CGI even a real cat. cat. Guys. guys, it wasn't a real cat. Okay, we know this is not a real cat. And uh it just sat in a in a fucking backpack the whole time. Except well, when not the whole not the, the whole time. They threw it over, you know, over the the, 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 the roof. From the roof. And I think the, the backpack should have been destroyed at that point, and the movie would have been better from that point. But no, it, it did not happen. Wow. Like, okay. Only this movie is like all over the place. You know, one second it's like it wants you to be sympathetic towards this, you know, solitary writer who's got anxiety issues, and then the next they're doing some crazy skating on oil dance number. I don't know. It just it just didn't do it for me. It just really didn't do it for me. Like, if you're going to get silly, and I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, it got ridiculous at one point. You got to, you got to hit, you got to get there from the jump. You know, like Kung Fu Hustle, from the start, you know, this movie was going to be over the top and crazy. Like Scott Pilgrim, you knew what kind of action comedy was going to be from the jump. But this Mm -hmm. one, you're like, you're starting off, it's pretty. Have you not seen Matthew Vaughn films before? This is like. This is the problem because I've seen maybe two or three, and out of the two or three, I've maybe enjoyed the one. So maybe I'm not a Matthew Vaughn, you know. Fan. Well, that's what I'm thinking because, you know, yeah, if you look at Matthew Vaughn's track record, this is par for the course. This is how this he tells. This is definitely his style of film, yes. Yeah. He usually starts off a film kind of some jokes, you know, lightheartedness. you kind of like, okay. And then it goes and then it flips the script and does this weird thing like he does, like just like in all the, all sure, the Kingsman. It, it works. Okay. From what I can remember. Uh, for sure, it worked in the first uh, Kinsman movie. And I can't remember what happened after that. Like, in terms of Matthew Vaughn movies. But like I said, you know, it just, I don't know. When I start to, like, have, when I start to get distracted by little things, like stupid little things, you know you've lost me. So, like, stuff would start bothering me. Like, why did that backpack not break when she fell on top of it from that, you know, from that building? And, like, how did she publish four books in five years. That's just not really a thing. Just like little things start to bug me. If you've lost me. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. The, the book publishing thing. What, what can you elaborate on that? Cause I, I'm it just... usually takes two years to turn a book around, even with the manuscript done because of nope. distributing, shipping, marketing book publishers want two years to solicit and market the book, blah, blah, blah. So four books in five years. And actually that timeline doesn't actually work for me. I remember when I was sitting there, I was thinking, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense because of a few things. There's plenty of authors, Jay, and and you know better. There's plenty of authors that that publish, some cases, two to three books a year. Okay, well, let me just tell you, if the movie was entertaining enough, I wouldn't be niggling on stupid shit like that. (laughs) Okay. And like backpacks that should be broken and cats that don't look right and CGI that looks ridiculous. Or like right. action sequences. Okay, in well we've heard we've heard we've heard what Jay thinks. You did a great job action. of reviewing it. That's great. Now let's get to some emails. <laughs> Irene K writes in, Congrats to the geeks. Hey to Torres, like that dude. So it's, Irene likes you. Uh hey old man. Hey, how's it going? Uh Argyle blows, bad acting, bad plot, a minus thirty-seven. Okay. Oh, wow, nice. There you go. That's more than I would have right. given it. Then we nice. got Bob V who writes in, Hello, Andrew, Mr. Green. 
Argyle sucked, boring cast, too many fake scenes, but we love the geeks and the old man. Not sure on Jay yet, but he is growing on us. Peace. <laughs> he kind of like a fungus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So, Green, yeah. I'm guessing you probably had a better time than Jay watching this film. Uh, yes, I did, because I was more prepared. I had done my homework and remembered what Matthew Vaughn films are like. Now, that's a ridiculous excuse. You gotta and be able to, to, be, to go into a movie blind and like it or not based on the merit, not your homework or whatever. That's ridiculous. No, 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 no. So now, Jay, I will give you a little bit of credit. I will agree that yes, the third act kind of starts to fall apart for me. Um, just because of some of the over top over the topness of it, um, which kind of took me out of it a little bit. But overall, I still had uh, a really fun time watching this film. I anytime I see Sam Rockwell in a film, I'm going to enjoy myself, you know. And um, of course, we had to have at least one obligatory dance scene. With yeah. Cause Sam it's Rockwell. Tom Cruise runs Sam Rockwell dances. That's... Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and, and we got more than Rockwell, one. And yeah. the thing about Rockwell, it doesn't matter. Like I love him. I think he's great. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of crappy movies with him in it, but it doesn't matter what material you give him. He always elevates. That might be saying a bit too much, but that's how I feel about Sam Rockwell. And I think he was the best thing in this film. Well, to your point, the whole train sequence, right? Which is, he is the highlight of, you know, he could totally owns that, you know, and I, I agree the stunt work plus the, the trickery to make it look like he's doing all of those stunts. Fantastic. I really liked it. I, I actually bought him as an action star in this, which I, I wasn't really feeling going into it, but I was like, yeah, all right, cool, 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 cool. Um, I do, I do like the, um, uh, the meta version of his character. I thought that was funny. And uh, for the joke that it is, uh, but beyond that, um, it's, it is, it, it is what it is. And unfortunately, Matthew Vaughn does have a tendency to kind of lose, lose audiences in my opinion and lose the story thread come the third act yeah well it has to do with the fact that matthew vaughn plans sequence ideas of like it would be cool if we did this in the movie cool if we did that in the movie cool if we did this in the movie and then writes the story has them write the story yeah you could and that is fair like you you get the sense that he's like oh i've got this really cool sequence you know and i got this set piece and that set piece and now i gotta string them all together and that can work I've seen others do that. Others have done it. Yeah. Right. Like, well, actually this is a bad example, but Michael Bay is like that. You know, he, it's clear that he loves set pieces. However, nobody looks at his set uh, at, sorry. Zack Snyder. Anyways. So (laughs) when you look at what Bay does, you know, like they're not great acting, at least Vaughn has better actors most of the time. And he has better overall storytelling, but Bay just basically, you know, he does like 15 action sequences that take up the, you know, pretty much the full two hours of the film. Vaughn doesn't do that. He lets his actors breathe a little bit. However, he likes to have a bit of the comedy in there. And sometimes that does fall flat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going to tell you a little story about me seeing this film. 
Oh, okay. Story so, time. Yeah. Everybody, so, get comfortable. It's story time. So yesterday, I got my ticket. I got right. it for the six forty-five showing right. at the Varsity Cinema, Cinema Eight, in the seat that I like to get. Everything's going good. Sit down for the movie. The movie begins about forty minutes in. The screen goes black. Right around the time where they're in uh, the the British Park. Uh, oh yeah, figuring yeah, out okay. the the phone thing. Mm-hmm. Right, the screen goes black, and the security lights come on. This is sounded a lot like my fucking. For about uh, five minutes, sorry, for about a minute, nothing's happening. Then a guy comes in and goes, "Hey, everybody, uh, there's a power outage. We're trying to figure it out. Uh, if you want to get up and stretch your legs, I can turn the lights on. Oh, wait a second, it's a power outage. I can't do that. That's exactly what the kid said. Um, but uh, sit tight." A minute later, his manager came in and was like, listen, there's a power outage in Cinema 7 and 8. The rest of the building and the rest of the theater are working fine. We can give you a refund or we can give you a ticket to one of our other six screenings happening right now. And I, of course, got my refund because I have to see Argo, right? So I got my refund. I have to go across town to get to the later show now, but I'm taking my time because I've seen the first 40 minutes of the film. Sure. Amazingly enough, I still get there right at the start of the movie and I watch it, but it's in a screen X. Now, have you ever been to screen X? No. Screen X is basically where you got the screen, but then the left and the right wall also have screens on them. And box that they have in Cineplex. Yeah, kind of. And then half the time, part of the film comes out onto the other screens the problem is, if your film is not formatted for that type of movie, it just looks like they've bent the screen onto the walls. Like, you can't, it doesn't look great. So anyways, I've seen this film one and a third times. And I don't know if it was worth seeing one and a third times. <laughs> your story was much more riveting than the film. <laughs> We've been talking about Matthew Vaughn and his problems. I realized while I didn't have a terrible time with this film, I've kind of reached the point that I did with Nolan and with Wes Anderson, where it's like I've seen them do all of their things too many times now that I don't want to see another movie by them. I've kind of reached that level with Matthew Vaughn just because he's doing the same things every time. Yeah, it. it so the best directors... I find, you know, uh, are the ones that try to do something a little bit different. May yeah, not, they find I'm, a I'm, new element, something, versatility. Yeah, not yeah. The, I, I'm not saying blow up the whole screen, you know, like, I know that you're not a big Spielberg fan, but Spielberg tries. Yeah, I'll never, yeah, films. I'll never say that he does the same damn thing over and over again. No, no, because he tries, he, he does try different things. He, and you can see his career expanding as a director, trying different things. And you're right. And to Jay's point, it just got a little bit goofier than he's ever gotten goofy before. The hallway dance scene, like, it's a bit much. Also, the no, twist was a great idea. The twist was a great idea, but doesn't hold up because I just I can't buy the I twist. I wouldn't have minded that silliness and goofiness if it was sold from the beginning. But because we took this weird turn, it was almost like a different movie. Mm. Even just well, visual, like color-wise and in terms of... Yeah, um, I, I think... I think I don't think it's totally off. What I think is what does change to your point, Jay. I think what changes is just 
how silly it got because it is silly yeah, up to that I'm point. Saying. I'm saying it's just, and I feel like when it goes into the silly side, this is the silliest that Vaughn's ever gotten, in my opinion. Oh, and okay. All right. I will make a complaint, a major complaint. If you hire Catherine O'Hara in your film and you don't let Catherine O'Hara be Catherine O'Hara, you are doing a disservice to your project. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. You know, I know she's not everybody's cup of tea. I really like her. I think she's pretty funny almost all the time. And she could have done so much more with every scene she was in. But you can say that about almost anybody that wasn't Rockwell or uh, Howard. Because they're basically the film and everybody right. else has their five, okay. ten minutes, even though they're featured prominently on the poster. Fair but enough. I, so many actors in this film are wasted. Okay, well, let's just break it down here. We're going to quickly say it and then go to commercial. See it in theaters. Wait till it comes up on Apple TV Plus or skip it all together. Jay? You're a fan of Matthew Vaughn, maybe, but I say skip it. Okay, Green? Um, A little bit higher praise. I'll say you could stream it, but that's only if you really want to watch it. Yeah, stream it if you really want to watch it. Otherwise, this is a skippable movie. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll be starting the prestigious Froggy Awards. It's 13th edition right here. Geek Card, Reality Radio 101. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. Where we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Welcome back to Geek Hard right here. On Reality Radio 101. And now, back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here with Jay Torres. And we are here tonight to celebrate 14 years of Geek Card with our annual Froggy Awards. What are the Froggy Awards? Well, they're an awards show that we give for our guests and interviewers named after a wooden carved frog that Mr. Green used to carry around in his pocket when we would do the show back in 2010. Uh, originally, we do these awards at the beginning of the year, but then we move them into award season at the request of Reality Radio 101. And so now we have our own award show the froggies and we like to start off the froggies with a banger with a big one and that is comic creator 
guest of the year. We have a lot of comic creators on the show over the years and this year, no different, some great ones. And here to present the award, the golden grant award for comic creator guest of the year is the first ever winner of the golden grant, Mr. Jay Torres. Each year, the Golden Grant is awarded to the best comic book creator interview on Geek Hard. Last year, the program featured many talented creators, including Jeff Lemire, Alita Martinez, Joe Quesada, and Jimmy Palmiotti, just to name a few. But one interview stood above the rest in 2023. This past August, Geek Hard welcomed a very talented writer back to the program to talk about the launch of the new Conan series at Titan. It was a celebration of the Barbarian and a rousing conversation full of action and adventure that would make the Sumerian proud. Geek Hard is proud to present this year's Golden Grant Award to the one, the only, Jim Zub. Welcome back to the program, Jim Zub, our Golden hey. Grant comic creator guest of the year. How's it going, sir? I'm good. Thank you. It's, uh, it was a really uh, unexpected surprise. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's amazing. And I'm really glad you guys uh, really enjoyed the interview and, and wanted to have me back. And uh, of hello course. to Jay, obviously. And hope you hey, guys Jim. are all doing well. Hey, man. How are you? You deserve all the interview awards. I swear to God. Like, I love almost every interview that I've ever seen of you. Oh, thanks, man. That's very kind. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> So try and keep them active, you know, it's good. There you go. So Jim, when you had uh, our, our interview, when we, when we talked with you back yeah. this past summer, did you ever think that you would win an award for that interview? <laughs> for an interview? No, no, that was not uh, my intent. I don't tend to run into interviews like, man, I better really pour this one on because, because uh, there's a trophy attached or whatever. Yeah, no, it's just nice. It's nice. Um, I'm so glad people are responding so well to the book. Uh, the response from fans, response from uh, reviewers and, and, you know, outlets like you guys has been absolutely amazing. It's like reinvigorated me creatively. And uh, I could not be more proud of what we're doing right now with Conan and, and just in general, it's a really exciting time right now. So I'm trying to ride that momentum, just make the most of it as much as I can. And, uh, you know, make, make damn good books. That's kind of the goal, right? Well, that no, that is absolutely a great way to look at it. But I got to say, Jim, I'm a little disappointed. You need to run into every interview like you want to win an award for <laughs> that right. interview. That's right. Yeah. That's oh my that's God. How you, just yeah. yeah. <laughs> like so much intensity. You just start like just tackling, elbowing them. Just that's just right. like Conan. Just come in there that's and just right. like own yeah. that shit. Yeah. Everyone's going down the sword. Everyone goes to the blade. That that's how we do this. That's right. That's what you should do. Every every interview, just show up with a sword. You know, just like just shoulder carry it in. Well, it makes it easier when someone like Jay Torres, you know, does your lead in. That's how that works. When, oh, right. uh, when he tees you up, and then it, everything's easy after that. It's all it's because all somebody canceled Jim. This is the way over here. This is not. No, you're here every year. Stop. Stop spreading that lie, Jay. Stop spreading that lie. Oh my That's God! Good, so it's good. Yeah. So Jim. Uh, of yeah. course, Conan issue seven comes out this week. Yes. Uh, Savage Sword of Conan, the mm -hmm. going back to the old black and white magazine format of old. It launched first issue comes out at the end of February. Yes. Second issue is due out in April. You got a yeah. bunch of other great people working on that. Uh, of course, uh, Pat Zurich, John uh, Arducey, uh, Max von Farvner. A yeah, lot of it's, great a, it's a crazy lineup. What's great about the new Savage Sword book is it's got that old school 
oversized magazine, black and white, big page count, big meaty stories. Uh, I mean, already the current monthly Conan book is uh, mature readers, but uh, Savage Sword is even more <laughs> brutal than in the past, even more vicious. And it's intense. It's a really cool ride. And just being a part of that, the legacy of that book is so, so cool. And so it feels really special to be a part of it. Um, in issue one, I actually have a fiction piece, which is really unusual for me. So the the amazing legendary Joe Jusco did the cover to Savage Sword number one. Um, Looks amazing. Piece. I think it's his first one he's done in over 20 years. And uh, he's really proud of it. We're obviously blown away by it. And um, the editorial team came back and they said, do you want to do a short fiction piece based on that cover image and so it was this crazy thing of trying to like going right back to the source it's you know the original conan is robert e howard these short stories in weird tales and so it's uh it's quite the baton to pick up to to try and do how wordy in prose and to try and kind of deliver that punchy and pulpy format and i learned a lot and i really had a blast doing it uh it was super intimidating to to you know want to do justice to a piece by by jesco but uh it's so cool i j actually just saw the proof for it uh you know about a week ago it all finally laid out with all the artwork as they were going to press and it was just like well wait a minute that's mine uh it's still you know every issue is uh is a joy yeah that jesco this... cover looks amazing yeah, it's killer right yeah. so so jim like i'm just curious like how did that conversation go about relaunching savage sword right like is I that mean, it, it was something almost while we were still planning out Conan, so when the Marvel license wrapped up, there was over nine months without a Conan book. I think it was 10 months. Uh, we announced the new creative team and then we still weren't going to be launching till that next summer. And it was like this weird thing where people are like, why isn't the book launching yet? We, we wanted to give ourselves a really long lead time. We wanted to make sure we had a really good plan for the series. And one of the things internally that came up pretty early, uh, you know, with editorial was this idea of, man, it'd be so cool to bring back the original kind of Savage Sword in that format. And they did a lot of research because that's not something that's getting printed <laughs> anymore. You know, that size, that format, that kind of thing. Our retailer is going to get on board. Our reader is going to get on board. As much as people say they're nostalgic about things, it, this happens all the time. You hear people on the internet say, oh, I'd buy that. And then you're like, all right, now's the time. Does the money actually come out? Do the pre-orders actually hit? And that's the the fear there. So they really, I think they did a lot of research. They talked to a lot of retailers, they, you know, uh, distribution and everything else to make sure that this thing was going to actually work with that page count. What's that price point going to be? I know that's really dry. You're like, we're talking about the price point. Like everyone wants to hear like, yeah, we're just doing it because it's Conan. And of course you got to do it. But it's a it's a big risk in that sort of sense, and I'm super proud of the material that's being put together for it. I'm super thrilled to have it, you know, to to be in it. Uh, Roy Thomas does a brand new introduction in the first issue of Savage Sword, and he's going to be doing some stories as well, which is he's a legend, obviously. And so we're trying to find that mix, that mix between classic creators that you know and love, and new people who've never had the chance to to kind of make their mark on the Hyborian Age or other characters from Robert E. Howard. And that is, that's the goal is trying to find people who are passionate about the material, the way that our monthly team is passionate about the material and, and give it a spin. New people coming in and doing pinups or doing, you know, uh, covers or things like that. And uh, so the whole thing's been surreal. I mean, th the chance to get, I'm pretty sure I must've said this during our previous interview, but the chance to, to work on one of your favorite characters is always intimidating and kind of you know a, a thrill and and surreal and then to get to do it 
twice and to have the second time the lightning finally hits is uh it's phenomenal it's one of the best feelings i can possibly imagine the readership has been amazing the fandom is coming out in force and every issue is really hitting strong like i'm getting more reviews for you know issue five and six of conan than i've gotten on a bunch of issue ones of other series like we are getting continuous growth in terms of sales which again is also highly unusual in the current market where normally it's like issue one is you know variant covers to the ceiling and then it sort of dips and then it and then it settles until you hope it settles to a point of um solid readership that you can just maintain and instead it's like yes the first issue had crazy sales because it's a new number one in all the variants and then we settled into a really solid number on number two and now we're climbing every issue since number two the sales are higher than the previous one and so awesome. that is uh wild <laughs> yeah so, that is pretty wild. Amazing that's amazing thing. That is amazing. And well, the series so far, this new series has been tons of fun. Of course, those first four issues were like, was like badass, just balls to the wall, violence, sex, everything you want from a Conan story. (laughs) And now, now what I really like about this, this new arc is that we've jumped a little bit further ahead in time. Some Mm -hmm. tragedy has happened in Conan's life. And now he's just sad bastard Conan. I just love it. He's so dark. It's so dark. Yeah. And Um, he's dealing with this shit coming back to haunt him. But it's also, I've noticed Conan's biggest weakness is magic and sorcery because you can't punch that. You can't slice it. And you're really digging in to playing with that and how it's like Conan still, no matter what, he still can't get it through his head. There's like, you got to come up with another way here. He's still trying to slash and punch it. You know, it's amazing. Um, and when you've got, here's the thing, you can write the best story possible, but if you're, if the rest of the creative team isn't in sync with that idea, it's not going to work. Right. And you look yeah. at the work that, you know, obviously Rob Delatore and Dean White put together on that first arc, you know, Bound in Blackstone and now Thrice Marked for Death, Doug Braithwaite and Diego Rodriguez are just delivering unbelievable pages. Like Jay can tell you when you're working with a great team and you get artwork in your inbox, you are staggered by it. You are amazed by it. You're like, I wrote that, but you, you elevated it. You took it to a whole other level and you made it work. And that's the thing is that everyone on the team is committed. Richard Starkings, one of the best letters in the business he loves Conan. That was the book that he kind of, um, when he was a kid, he was obsessed with. And so he is super passionate about that book. This is a guy, the absolute veteran in the industry. And we talk now, I almost every week, we're talking about little nuances and pushing and pulling captions around. Like he is so eager to want to make this as strong as possible, as amazing as possible, the title treatments and the, where the credit box is going to go and how the trim's going to work on print. Like, this is the kind of um, attention, you know, that that we're trying to lavish upon it because all of us love the book and all of us love the character, love the world, and just want to make something special. And uh, when the fandom responds to it the way you hope, then it's just that complete package. It's the way it's it's kind of the ideal comic experience right now, and you can't take that for granted. You know, I'm trying to hold on to it and and relish it because you know i want this to be a big long run that we've got huge plans and uh, you know even literally today i had an amazing uh, meeting with editorial talking about you know stuff happening this fall stuff happening next year and all kinds of things like that but you still you know things change you never know and so it's like right now just remember what this feels like bottle it hold on to it enjoy it and um keep making you know the best damn stuff you can that's kind of where my head's at with it 
and uh, so far so good. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, Jim, because like, <clears throat> you know, uh, it sounds like you're having a great time clearly yeah. and it, you know, and it's coming through in the work and, you know, and I was going to ask you like, how, how are you handling, you know, the success of the book, you know, but without like, it must be a tricky thing, but it sounds like you're trying right. to keep that level, that level of ground to it. Because as we yeah. all know, comics is, is hard to, keep that sustained it push be behind weird them. right it's you know in the monthly grind is it's not a grind in the terrible oh no i'm working on comics but because of the monthly nature and the deliverable nature of it you're not working on one issue at a time you know you are planning out the stuff eight nine months from now and you're scripting the stuff six months from now and they're drawing the stuff you know because we have two different art teams with dilatory and with braithwaite i'm working on two arcs simultaneously at different points in production there's issue, line art coming in for two different issues. There's colors coming in for two different issues. There's lettering. And so it's like this weird state where you're just getting a constant flow of material and you're kind of, you've got to proof it all and make sure it's all working. And it's exciting because it's your stuff and it's, it's amazing to be a part of, but you're also trying to just juggle it all the time, you know, and the solicits are going out and Hey, you know, we're doing free comic book day, 2024, and it's going to be an amazing book. And let's make sure that's as strong as possible. And, Oh, we've got another artist coming in for this. And do you want to check out these variant covers? And it's awesome. It's all the stuff that you kind of want, but it's also, this insane fire hose of material and you have there's weird points where you're just sort of like okay is there anything on fire right now no okay i need tonight off like i just want to sit and chill and watch some movies with my wife or something like that so that i can come at it fresh uh and then hilariously you know in the mail i got the there's a 4k restoration of conan the barbarian right. which came out from arrow films and they sent me a copy so we're like well i guess we'll watch that so yeah, we can't <laughs> <Yeah>. escape <laughs> how, how is it when you're relaxing it's conan yeah, <laughs> yeah. well yeah. i guess i better put something on tv you know something to, to distract me you're like oh well this looks good <laughs> No, how, is, how how is the 4k transfer have you had it's a chance incredible. to watch it? So, yeah yeah we watched it last weekend it's phenomenal uh they did such a good job so you know one of the difficulties with the digital is that they can um the kind of noise reduction and and smoothing that they can do on old films they can kill some of the detail by by accident or they'll do color over color correct kind of things so they've been uh aerofilms is really good at at finding that right balance like it has film grain but there's not a speck of dust and uh the colors are unbelievably lush and potent and feel very theatrical and uh yeah it's just great we had some friends over and we watched it and you know it's infinitely quotable and we're all laughing and having a good old time everyone's seen it before so you can just kind of settle in for just a big warm hug of a movie with the best yeah. soundtrack ever. And uh, that's fantastic. I got to just one quick thing, Andrew. I got to ask sure. you, Jim, does it have the Arnold Schwarzenegger um, commentary track? It has everything, man. It it has crazy amounts of extra. Yes. There's a whole separate disc with like three documentaries. Um, it's got, God, multiple, you know, audio commentaries. It's got um, every director's cut and uh, European cut of the film with seamless branching. Um, it also ah, nice. has, th there was some stuff on there. I started laughing. Have you ever seen, there's a comedy video called uh, Conan the Musical, and it's a guy pretending to be Arnold and he's singing songs about Conan. They have that on there and they cut it with the 4K footage. So it oh, looks. Oh, that's hilarious. That is, it is I've heard ridiculous. songs from the musical. It's, yeah, it is funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I have not. I'm going to have to check that out. But it, it, that commentary, Jim, is one of, is, uh, Arguably my favorite <laughs> yes. commentary of all time. It just so to hear, good. just to hear Arnold say, "And here we are running." 
as they're <laughs> running across the desert. I just, yeah, yep. I love that. It's, I was oh, like, man. the first time I heard that, that's great. I, I, thank you for telling me because I was thinking no about buying it, but now yeah, I'm definitely going to totally buy it. It's totally worth it. It's totally worth it. It's, uh, yeah, it's good. So it's kind of everything sword and sorcery right now. I'm still doing more Dungeons and Dragons stuff. I'm yeah. doing, you know, Conan the Barbarian and, I'm in my happy place, uh, getting ramped up for convention season, obviously. So got a few of those in the pipeline and, uh, it's going to be a fun summer. That's for sure. That's awesome. And when you're not doing that, of course, you're enjoying your pastime of cooking. Saw right. on your Instagram <laughs> this past month, of course, yeah. you got the pierogies, the cabbage rolls, and then Big time. Okonomiyaki up on there. Okonomiyaki. Yeah. That's yeah. A, so that's like a savory Japanese pancake. And uh, my wife and I love it. Well, we've traveled to Japan many times and it's one of our favorite kind of dishes. Yes, of course, you know, sushi and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's a little bit, um, it's something different. And it's something we really love. Uh, really good memories. Uh, when we traveled to Osaka, there was one night we were just sort of hanging out and you're, you're in that famous um, strip along the river and we're just having these savory, it sounds weird, savory pancakes and a, a nice cold beer and you're kind of looking out over the city and you're like, you know what? Things are pretty good. And so I associate a lot of good memories with Okonomiyaki. And during uh, the pandemic, I learned how to make it. And it's just been like refining that, that skill. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's, it, it's a nice little release. My wife knows when I'm like pretty busy or stressed with things. Cause sometimes my break is literally, okay, I'm going to pour myself into cooking because while I'm cooking, I'm not thinking about deadlines or the state of the world or you know other stresses i'm just like gonna make this thing taste awesome and and to the best of my ability and that's been really fun we actually the pierogies thing um we didn't we normally have them over the holidays but my grandmother's getting really old and so she wasn't able to make them and we didn't have a chance to make them but it was right after the holidays and i was like damn i'm really missing that and so we kind of went into production and made a big pile of them ourselves and then my mom and dad were so impressed when they saw photos and jealous. Uh, we went to their place. Then we did a whole other batch with them. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Fantastic, man. Well, Jim, I want to thank you for coming back on the program and for being Geek Hard's Golden Grant Award winner uh, Wait, for, go, for this Jeff. past year. Yeah. Before you go, Jim, I just want to show you what my 12-year-old oh. was reading. Sweet. Where I kicked him out of the office so I can do this podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. So those, if you guys haven't seen those, those are the D&D Young Adventures guides. And they are uh, built for like eight to 12 year olds to teach them all the precepts of the worlds of D&D and how to make your own characters and tell your own stories. And that is like full circle nostalgia for me because um, just making those books and we get fan mail. They're in like five or six different languages now. We get fan mail from kids in France and Spain and Portugal and all over the world. My wife and I work on them together. And hilariously, Jay, just off camera, I just grabbed it here. This, you could tell your kid, this is Artificers and Alchemy. This is the new one coming out next month. <laughs> so, we'll yeah, we're super pleased. Just got my comp copies in uh, this week. So, there we go. Nice. Well, that's great, Jim. Again, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Looking forward to see what's happening in Conan and D&D &D and everything else you got coming down the pipe, man. Have yourself a good night. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Take care, guys. Take care. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. So that was Jim Zub, our Golden Grant Award winner, the first Froggy Award winner of the night. Now we move to our second award winner, the video interview of the year, which is decided by views on YouTube.
And uh, it used to be that we would uh, it would be videos specifically made for YouTube, but we're slowly getting back into that since the pandemic. So now we're we give it to the interview that did the best from our show on YouTube. And this past year, it was Jewel State. Just weeks before the actors' strike, we had her on to talk about family law. Let's take a listen to a short snippet from that interview. The great balance of the show, and I, we talked about it back with season one as well, is that you guys are really fun, interesting characters that have witty banter and everything, but you're dealing with serious situations and you not only the performances, but the, the story itself pays proper respect to those serious situations and talks about serious things. And I, the balance is amazing. This and makes me really interested in this Monday's episode involving a cult. You know, we had to go there, right? <laughs> well, it is Vancouver. So yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. not mentioning names, of course, yeah. but um, it's a juicy story to tell. So yeah, we, we had to do, you know, one like that. And it's very juicy. Have now, you been invited to a cult before, Jewel? You know what? I have not. And I'm offended. You <laughs> should be. Like, well, yeah, you know, I, I you're like, talking, I knew all those people. Yeah, I did. I mean, I was, I was talking to my friend, Catherine Isabel. I don't know if you guys know her. She's oh, like, yeah. I'm, I just love, love her as a person. And I'm a fan. But we were talking about this. And she was like, why didn't they ask us? And I said, I don't know, Katie. I'm a little pissed. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit offended. And then we realized that maybe they were just, they realized we, they, we were too scary or something. <laughs> put them in their place immediately. Yeah, you guys yeah. be like, I'm not buying this shit. No. How come no one asked me to join your cult? <laughs> In this particular episode coming up as well, you got to do a military crawl through the muck. Yeah. Well, was that a good day at work? Or was that one of the days where you're like, let's try not and laugh on this take because I want to get the heck out of here? Well, I, I learned a few lessons, you see, from this. I guess I was sort of bragging about getting up early in the morning and working out before going to work, right? I would say, oh, yeah, I got up for my workout today, got my workout in. And the writers thought they were under the impression that this meant I was getting up to do rigorous, you know, sweaty, I don't know, CrossFit kind of stuff when really I'm, you know, drinking tea and doing Pilates. Um, so they wrote this this insane episode for me, assuming that I would be having a great time and would be totally game for it. And I was horrified. <laughs> I was horrified reading it. I thought, did I upset Sarah who wrote this episode? Like, is she mad? Are you mad at me? And they had this big training day where they sent us out to learn archery, which actually was really fun. I liked the archery, but but get us up on this big wire. I don't know how many feet up in the air and walk across this wobbly sort of, you know, thing from A to B, which I hated, you know, and they said, they, they basically said, we'd love for you to give it a try just so we know on the day when we shoot this sequence, if we need a stunt double or not, if you love it, then, you know, we'll use you or totally fine. We'll get the double and me, you know, being stubborn. I was like, okay, let me give it a go. So I went up there. And as soon as I got there, I was like, I want the double. <laughs> I want the devil. I have nothing to prove. <laughs> Give me back down. So like when, when, you know, it, it was okay to use the double. We did. And she was amazing and just so tough and wasn't afraid of anything. And so that was uh, just a snippet of our interview with Jewel State. You can catch the entire uh, interview on video on our YouTube channel, youtube.com 
slash geekhardshow. Uh, we have a lot of fun with her. We got an email in earlier that I didn't get to read from Ken N that says, Hey again tonight, geeks. Argyle sucked, plain and simple. Save your money. Thank you for that, Ken. Always can rely on you to tell us what you really think. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be giving out our award for Geek Hard Guest of the Year. And hopefully, that Guest of the Year will join us. Right here, Geek Hard, Reality Radio 101. <laughs> Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geek Hard right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back, friends, to Geek Hard, but also to the Froggy Awards, where we present awards for the best guests of the previous year. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Green, and, of course, the lovely Jay Torres, who has now gotten out of his evening dress and back into his sweats, and he looks much more comfortable. I look comfortable all the time. There you go. That's, Very much in that, denial. Yeah, that's just uh, that's that's the model that sits on his shirt all the time as well. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's on my shirt is salsa and maybe the <laughs> Well, yeah, there you it, go. it spells out that phrase just in salsa. And it says frenemy. There you go. He's really pushing branding tonight here. He yeah, to, I know, right? Yeah, I know. He wants to yeah, get that frenemy just, thing going. Just like talk- I can picture him at like a sporting event going, friend, uh, me. Come on, everybody. Friend, uh, me. Friend, uh, me. It's just that uh, all the talk of Jim and his pierogies and Oklahoma Act make me hungry. Yeah, as, uh, you were hungry before then, Jay. Just be honest. Hungrier then. Hungry. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to give out our award for the final guest of the evening. Um, they were supposed to be here tonight. I'm not sure if they're going to still be joining us because we haven't heard from them. That was the plan. So hopefully everything is okay with our guest of the year. But uh, we're going to read out the nominees. Kimberly Sue Murray for Trader, Humberly Gonzalez for Ginny and Georgia, Steve Agee for Peacemaker, Tasia Tellis for Shorzy, and Natalie Brown for Hudson and Rex, and the winner of this year's Geek Card Guest of the Year is... 
Humberly Gonzalez. She was hands down our favorite guest last year. We had a great conversation with her about a dream she had about a trip to Bucharest. Uh, there was talk of uh, cameo uh, advices, advice that she would give to her character, a breakdown of the fandom of Ginny and George at the time, her experiences uh, in Serbia shooting a horror film. It was a fantastic interview. The video for that interview is up on our uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash geekard. And the entire episode is still available as a podcast. Uh, she was supposed to be with us here tonight, but um, fortunately, I guess maybe some information got mixed up. Um, maybe she'll join us in a minute or two. I don't know. Can I accept the award on her behalf? Because I've always wanted to do that. Humberto Gonzalez could not be here tonight, so I'd like to accept this award on her behalf. Thank you to the Academy. There you go. So to the Academy. Uh, Andrew, to the I don't think we've ever been referred to as the Academy before. Academy, the Academy, the the Academy, Academy of, of Geeks. Yeah. 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 yeah, there you go. My God. But uh, Mr. Green, looking back at that interview, um, any thoughts on uh, the good times we had? No, it, Humberly is always fantastic. We've had her on the show a few times now. She's great. She's always a lot of fun to talk to. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, she was at that point, uh, you know, kind of talking around a little bit of uh, her upcoming uh, uh, Star Wars Outlaws game that's coming out this yeah, year. Yeah, she mentioned she had big things coming. And yeah. those big things were Star Wars Outlaws... Um, a, the first ever, uh, LGBTQ, uh, Hallmark movie where it was two women leads, uh, and just recently announced she's a part of the Star Trek section 31 Paramount plus original movie that started shooting now in Toronto. So a lot of big things happening. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Star Trek and Star Wars, Star Trek, Star Wars, Avatar. She did an yeah. Avatar video game as well, so we can't get any bigger than those properties. So. Yeah, well, I, but but here the, here's the thing though, Jay, it's, it's very much like you know, uh, like tw Taylor Swift. You know, it's like the Ginny and Georgia fan base. You know, is huge unto itself, and I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of people out there that are like that's all they know her for. You know what I mean? It's just like they don't care about Star Wars. They don't care about Star Trek. We do. You know, I do for sure because I'm a I'm a big fan of both. I was actually just talking about that with uh, with Candace about uh, favorite franchises, and I was like, "Well, it's it's got to be Star Wars, Star Trek, and then maybe Ghostbusters." I don't think she had to even ask you. I thought that's no, no, I, we knowledge. were talking. She, <laughs> she she was talking about how Ghostbusters is like her number one, right? And then we kind of got into that conversation, and I was like, and I started thinking about it, and I was like, "Well, because Star Wars is number one." Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, yeah. And then like, yeah, where would Ghost? But I'm like, oh, yeah, Star Trek. I got to put that in there. Yeah. yeah, I'd always think that Star Trek would be your number two because you've you've talked a lot about it and in as in depth as you have about the wars. So twin loves, bro. Twin loves. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, man. You want to yeah. know what my favorite franchise is? No. What is it, Jay? Burger King. There you go. I'm not surprised by that at all. Actually, Jay, I, would, I actually just... no, I would have picked you for a Wendy's man. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about Wendy's that's kind of off. You know what I do like at Wendy's? Now we're getting totally off topic here. Is there strawberry lemonade? Okay. Never had it, but okay. Oh, you must have it. It's very good. 
I, I know I, I don't must have to have anything. <laughs> You're just contradicting me tonight. What else is new? No, that's mm. my shtick. I contradict you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Jay, I do actually have a question for you. I was having a conversation uh, recently and uh, and uh, with a buddy of mine, and I, I'm going to ask you this question. What is your guilty pleasure film? A film that sucks. You know sucks. Everybody. I think you can answer that for me. Um, you, I'll give you three guesses. You can probably answer this for me. Is, if you think hard enough. Is it Princess Caribou? Fuck, there you go. See? <laughs> yeah. Fair. Okay. I know. I know. I'm, it, so well, I'm pretty I sure know. I know Andrew's is still the, sa- is the same one. What? Your guilty pleasure? Garfield, the movie. No, no, no. I, I Swordfish. Swordfish is a guilty pleasure, yes. But so, is that your wait, favorite this, guilty pleasure? Is this, sneaky, is this your sneaky way of getting around to, hey, watch January Men, where we inter- where we review Swordfish and Princess Caribou? Weren't those two of the films we were going to... Those yes. were two of the films, yes, but Green has not sent out a schedule to anyone on recording those, so it is a moot point. Oh, my God. But uh, if you want to hear the first January men, if you want to hear the first January men, go to patreon.com slash geekard. You will find it there where we talk about, what was the film we talked about? The January, January man. man. There you go. Yeah, that's oh. uh, the way it goes. And and for everybody who's listening, as Andrew alluded to earlier, uh, Patreon.com slash Geekheart is also the best place to listen to old episodes now. Um, we had to make some changes on the website yeah. <laughs> recently. So there's only about a year's worth of episodes right now as I rebuild back up. Um, but uh, all of the other episodes going back to twenty late 2015, early 2016 are all available on Patreon. You can get them there uh, for sure. And uh might be putting some more older ones back on there. I got to dig some stuff out, but uh, yeah, that's the best place to uh, to listen that that kind of stuff, as well as eventual new stuff. When there was my appearance on the show? Your, Your first, first appearance? Yeah, that would have been a pre-recorded interview I did at TCAF in 2010. The first year of the show. Maybe it was, was it? 2011. I guess it was I, I thought it was 20. I thought it was yeah, 2011. 2011. Yeah. 2011. I recorded it at TCAF. Yeah. So I've been on almost every year of the show. Almost yeah. every year of the show. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I, I think you are actually the oldest returning guest. I'm now questioning my life choices. Yeah. We because do. you're looking at it that going, well, geek Heart is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Why wasn't the rest of my life this good? No. Burger yes. King Whoppers. <laughs> second to my wife. There you go. Burger oh, King at least, at least second you have your wife. wife at least. Yeah, there hey, you go. Hey, and you know so why now... I marry her? Because she likes Whoppers. There you go. Okay, you so go. you've got you got your wife one, Burger King two. I noticed that you didn't mention your kids yet. You never mind those kids. <laughs> there you go. Dad of the one, year. I have to kick one of them out of my office just to use my office. Well, there you go. Um, I think we all learned a lot this evening, uh, mainly yeah. that uh, we should give Jay an award for Father of the Year as yeah. part of the Froggy you my Awards. Froggy, which is 14 years overdue. Uh, Mr. Green was put in charge of that. He actually had a base made for it, and then he moved and never thought about it again. So there you go. 
what happened to the actual frog that you used to carry around? Uh, he, he appears and reappears sporadically annually. Much like a leprechaun. He is magic. Yeah, it's I true. I don't recall ever seeing this figure. I just know the art. There's like some artwork you have. He used there to is. carry it in his, yeah. his pocket on, on his shirt. His shirt yeah, pocket. When I did... When I would do interviews, live, like live video interviews, I would have it in my shirt pocket. How did you fit it in there with all the mustard and relish packets? It's a tight fit, but it, you know, I made it work. Yeah, there you go. And that's what we do here on Geek Card. We make it work. And uh, again, congratulations to Humberly Gonzalez. We're going to try in the next few weeks to uh, get a chance to talk with her so she can accept her award. But for tonight, I think we must bid you adieu. It has been a great time spending these 14 years with you. And hopefully we'll spend 14 more years with you. Oh, fuck. I don't know if green will last that long based on last year, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. So, Mr. Green, actually, before that, Jay, I want to formally thank you for coming on the show tonight. Where can people find you? In Whitby. But if they wanted to find your work, where would they go for that? The comic shop. Wow. It's like pulling teeth. This is why we don't have you on as This a is why the guy guest. doesn't sell you know anything I, on our I show. Difficult and you still call me up. <laughs> yeah, you what does just it say try about saying us? no. You I could say no. Illness. I fake illness. I come on here crotchety and cranky. Uh, I do say no, but you still keep coming back. You're like a really bad relationship. You have never said no. You have never I, said no. Yes, I have. Uh, you have not. Mr. Green? Okay, I think going on a cruise. There, that's the same thing. We can... Oh, so they, well, you weren't even on the cruise then. So you're a liar. That's great. That's how we end 14 years here on the show. Jay is the worst father and a liar. It's great to know. But, but he loves Burger King. Yes. Yeah, he's, you're still my favorite, Jay. Uh, Mr. Green, we've come to the end of the program. Why don't you tell the good folks where they can find us? As always, if you like what we do here, you can find more content over at patreon.com slash geekard, as I already mentioned. Everybody who participates, thank you guys ever so much. Thanks. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, you can find us by searching Geekard Show on any of those platforms. For additional content, is always available on those. Check out our website, geekardshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the pa- the pad the podcast version of this very show available on mondays after 2 p.m of course if you're super forgetful like i am because apparently i can't say words correctly anymore the best way to listen to us is to do what andrew is to subscribe to us on your pad or podcasting platform of choice yes all pads listen to all pads and as always you continue the conversation with us you can email geekhardshow at gmail.com i want to thank jay torres and jim zub for coming on the program i also want to say congratulations to jim zub um, humberly gonzalez and jewel state for being our froggy award winners for this year for mr green and for yuri all the way back there in the booth 14 years strong. This is Geek Card on Reality Radio 101. If you're going to geek out, geek out. Thank you for listening to Geek Card with your hosts, Andrew Young and Mr. Green, right here on Reality Radio 101.